Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Friday. I am Eric Erickson. This happens to be my show. 877-973-7425 is the phone number. It is a free-for-all open line Friday. It, It might just now inside studio be an open container Friday as well. We'll move beyond that, though. I, I was going to wait in a short segment. I, I was is it, This is only worth the short segment, but I can't get this story out of my head before I move on to anything else, before I take another phone call. I got to talk about this story, and it's in my local paper, uh, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. This one, I, I uh, it bugs me. I, I don't like homeowners associations. Nobody does. But uh, they're they're trying to make an HOA out to be the bad guy here, and it's the other way around to a degree. That the 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 homeowner is not the victim. This is a guy named Alex Betancourt and his family moved from Buford, Georgia, to ne- nearby Swanee, Georgia, in 2021. The house they purchased checked all their boxes: good school, desirable neighborhood, plenty of space. For the wife and five kids, and the roof on his home, unobstructed by trees and facing south, was ideal for solar panels. The homeowners association, however, shot down his plan to install panels on the back roof of the home facing away from the street, saying they didn't conform to community standards. But he did it anyway. He appealed, and his request was denied. And uh, they're fining him $25 a day. He's gone to the newspaper. How is he the victim? This is what frustrates me. I, I don't care that the guy wanted solar panels on his house. I think it's kind of dumb that the Homeowners Association decided not to go along with, with solar panels on the house. But for the love of all that is decent and holy, they told him no, and he did it anyway, and somehow he's the victim? This is just ridiculous, and of course it's now, well, we need a law to tell homeowners, the homeowner associations, they can't stop solar panels. I'm not kidding. This is it. In Georgia and across the country, HOAs wield considerable power in neighborhoods, especially when it concerns property owners' decisions that affect the appearance of their homes. Moreland says he hears a common refrain from associations about rooftop solar. The panels aren't aesthetically pleasing and will harm the look and feel of the neighborhood. Others claim solar hurts property values, despite evidence to the contrary. Betty Holland is a resident of Chestity, an upscale golfing community in Dawson County. At the northwest end of Lake Lanier, she's heard both reasons from her homeowner association in her multi-year quest to gain approval to install rooftop solar. Chestity's covenants mention solar panels, stating that no systems can be installed unless they're integral and harmonious part of the architectural design of a structure. What's considered, considered integral and harmonious is at the sole discretion of the reviewers. So they want a law. You will no doubt note this is being fed by the solar panel associations who want more expansion of solar panels. I, I, one of my frustrations with the American media today, and it's indicative of this story, is how lobbyists and PR groups are able to shape the news you hear and see, and that this story gets in because of undoubtedly a trade group 
that wants the legislature to change the laws decided to fuel the sympathetic story. But it's not a sympathetic story. The guy was told no and did it anyway. When a homeowners association tells you no, I don't care that they're being unreasonable. I don't care that they're obnoxious. I don't care about your homeowners association. I don't like mine either. But when they tell me I can't do something, I got to move or I got to not do it. And when they tell you not to do it and you do it anyway, well, you are not the victim. You're the idiot who chose to ignore them. How do we make these people the victims? The media chooses to make them a victim because the media has taken a side. They're siding with the lobbyists from the solar panel company. saying everyone should be able to put on the roof. I would, you know, if I had a roof where it worked out, I would want to put them on my roof. And in my homeowners association, thankfully, the what happens in the backyard that's not seeable from the road, they don't really care about. So I could do it with no problem, except the way my house is positioned and the trees around my house, solar panels would do me no good. When I move and my buddy Vince builds my house, I may put solar panels on it. And then I won't have a homeowners association to tell me I can or can't. I will be my own homeowners association. But when you have your homeowners association tell you you can't do something and then you do it it's actually really galling to me that the reporters would treat you as a victim when when the police tell you not to do something and you do it anyway and get arrested or shot or tased or something you're not really the victim you're the idiot who didn't listen to the police and it's the same with homeowner association this is the story yeah, I shouldn't have as much to say about this as I do, but we just see this time and time again in the press now where they find the person who didn't follow the rules and say, well, this guy's the victim and we need a rules change for this person. No, you don't. He needs to follow the rules or move. It's just, it's infuriating to me that we're at this point in this country. I don't know this person. I'm sure they're a nice person. And I appreciate they want solar panels on their house. It would save them some money and you can work out a good deal with the solar panel company where your cost is virtually nothing because of the offset of the power bill. I get all of that. But they told you no and you did it anyway and then went crying to the press about it, it seems like. I'm sympathetic to you. Your homeowners association should have reconsidered, but they didn't. I don't like homeowners associations. We have one, I think, in my neighborhood still. We technically have one, but nobody ever hears from them. We actually had one, but the developer of the property would never really surrender their control, and so all the people in the homeowners association quit and made the developer start having to do everything, and they got fed up and finally restructured stuff for some homeowners association, and they, like, take care of the common areas and make sure the pool's in shape and have security cameras up and and put up a big sign for all the kids who are graduating. But otherwise, largely leave everybody alone unless you build a fence that you can see from the road. I got a neighbor who built the fence. He used the same company and the same design as his next-door neighbor, and he got in trouble with the homeowners association because he didn't ask them first. I was like, yeah. They, they they let him do it. He had to pay a little bit of like, I think they made him pay 250 bucks. 
And that was kind of ridiculous. I mean, he literally used the exact same fence and the exact same company that built the other guys, but the fence company didn't bother to tell him, you got to approve, get the HOA to approve it. Why do you have HOAs that do stuff like this? Because in some neighborhoods, you have neighbors who are trash, who degrade your property and degrade the value of your property. And so a homeowners association can step in and say, no, buddy, you can't do that. You're degrading the, the neighborhood. You can't park the double wide behind your house. We used to live in a neighborhood that did not have a homeowners association, and our neighbors decided to get chickens, which in and of itself inside the city was not a bad thing, except they didn't just get chickens. They also got a rooster, and my wife was pregnant with our first child, and that stupid rooster would wake us up at 5 o'clock in the morning when my wife wanted to sleep, and then when the child was born— was so loud, the child would wake up and cry. It threw everything off. My wife's boss tried to convince her to go, like, wrap up a rotisserie chicken in a baking dish and put it on the front porch. As a hint, I actually had to go over and say, listen, I'm sorry, but your rooster is ruining my life. You've got to get rid of the rooster. It is against the code of the city. You can't have roosters inside the city limits anyway. And so that's why you have homeowners associations, because you don't have to go do it. You call the homeowners association. You say the idiot next door parked a double wide behind his house and has roosters now and is ruining my property value and the neighborhood's property value. And the homeowners association goes by and, and stops them. A homeowners association shouldn't be obstructing you putting solar panels on your roof. But guess what? If you're in a homeowners association, you got to comply. And when they tell you you can't do it, you can't do it. You can go around and you should run for the homeowner association. Go knock on all the doors and say you want to challenge the homeowner association because you want solar panels on your roof and you think it's a great idea and it's good for the environment and it's good for your money and you persuade the entire neighborhood it's a good idea and it's democracy in action and God bless them and you should be able to run for the homeowner association, change the minds of the neighborhood and get it done. But until you do that, you're not allowed. It's that simple. So frustrating to get see this story portrayed as somebody as a victim who's not a victim, who just didn't want to listen to the rules. Okay, now to the phones. Save me from myself. Jay, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, how's it going, Eric? Good. How are you? Oh, man, not too bad, not too bad. Hey, you was talking earlier, and that's what I was calling about. Uh, you mentioned Joe Biden and Donald Trump and all this, but my question is, I used to listen, and I know you know Rush Limbaugh, and I love the man, God, I miss him. But anyway, mm -hmm. um, he would talk about Donald Trump, and he would always tell his listeners, he'd be like, folks, what did you think? You get mad about his tweets, and you get mad about this stuff that he says. He's like, but he is fighting back, and this is what fighting back looks like. It's not going to be pretty. You're not going to like it. But nobody else ever really puts it to anybody on TV or the radio like that. And then the thing is, does, does these people who get upset about, oh, Donald Trump said this, do they not think that when, if you put Ron DeSantis or anybody else up there, do they just think that the media and everybody is just going to not be mean to them and treat them like they treated Donald Trump and make it look like they're bad? And then if they don't fight back like Donald Trump, they're just going to get bulldozed. So what is supposed to happen? And as a voter, what are we supposed to do and think? 
Look, but nobody I, is pointing that out to anybody on the radio you know, or the TV. I think you got to have somebody who fights back against the media. Um, I think the difference between, say, a Trump or a DeSantis is that DeSantis has put way more points on the board fighting back against even the press than Donald Trump had. I mean, when you look at – remember, you had the CBS interviewer for 60 minutes go to Florida and get de- debunked by DeSantis. You had the entire national press corps go to Florida and attack him over reopening the state during COVID. Got uh, – trashed by DeSantis. You had the idiot who dressed up like um, uh, like death on the beach, like the Grim Reaper, who was exposed by DeSantis. You had DeSantis turn the tables on Disney. DeSantis turned the tables on the whole, the so-called don't say gay law. And he keeps winning and he doesn't care about the national media. And that was Russia's point on Trump, is you can't allow the media to steer you towards the left. Uh, they attack and they attack and they attack and they attack and they're trying to force you to go in a different direction. And DeSantis has held his ground. It's baffling to me. You've got Donald Trump out today, today, attacking uh, attacking Ron DeSantis for being too aggressive, stopping abortion, and for being too aggressive on wanting to change the social safety welfare of the country. I mean, you've got Donald Trump attacking Ron DeSantis from a Democratic position. You've got Donald Trump attacking Ron DeSantis for wanting to reform Social Security. You got Donald Trump attacking Ron DeSantis for wanting to reform Medicare and Medicaid. You got Donald Trump attacking Ron DeSantis for signing a six-week fetal heartbeat ban on abortion in Florida. Those are the things the Democrats attacking for, and DeSantis just keeps doing it. And that's a sign of a guy who's not going to back down. Just like what voters wanted from Trump. The difference is DeSantis has inarguably put more and better points on the board in Florida than Trump did in the nation. After all, it's DeSantis who chose not to listen to Dr. Fauci and Donald Trump who promoted the guy to the podium at the White House. I keep having friends tell me they realized I was right. Every time you wash sheets from Bowling Branch, they get softer and softer. They're the most luxurious sheets. The highest quality, incredible craftsmanship with just unmatched softness. 100% traceable organic cotton. It gets softer with every wash. I tell you guys that it's true. I can tell you it's a big difference, and I have bought different pairs of sheets to try to find some best. I keep coming back to my Bowling Brand sheets. They're incredible. They're buttery to the touch, super breathable. They're perfect for cooler weather and warmer weather. Why the drape? You actually feel like you've got something of substance on you so you can snuggle in, but you don't get overwhelmingly hot during the during the summertime, and it's just the perfect weight under the blanket as well during the wintertime. I love Bowling Branch sheets. They're so luxurious. They're loved by four U.S. presidents. Got over 10,000 raving reviews. Right now, get 15% off your first order when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BowlingBranch.com. That's Bowling Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Howdy, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here in Open Line, Open Container Friday, 877-973-7425. I'm assuming you guys heard about this. This has genuinely gone viral. Uh, you're not supposed to talk about other radio show hosts on your radio program, and I do it all the time, and I will about Dave Ramsey, who posted this clip of a 29-year-old woman She and her husband have a million dollars in debt. A million dollars in debt. Um, The look on Dave Ramsey's face was priceless. 
the the notable story here is that uh, he he gave tough love, hard advice. But at the same time, what's also notable is that this is actually from 2019. It's it's the weird way the internet works these days. Is this story from 2019 has become viral in 2023 uh, because Ramsey recirculated the clip recently, apparently, and but the phone call actually happened back then. It just it it's fascinating. I don't know what happened to these people. Maybe he's trying to uh, look for them and see if they've been able to turn their life around. I I worry about our finances in our house and. My kids, we finally decided as a household, we're going to go through Ramsey's program. I, I got it. We just haven't found the time yet to do it. It's going to be a summer project, I think. Uh, and then I found out my kid's school has decided for the senior year, they're, they're, they make the kids go through Ramsey's program to teach some um, financial management skills before kids get out into the world. Good for the school. I'm glad they've started doing that. Um, Financial skills are something people need to learn. Uh, the government could learn it. But I'm just fascinated that this has gone viral, and it's actually a 2019 clip. It's like my wife was asking me last night. She said, did you hear the outrage over what Jack Daniels has done now? After the the Bud Light, Dylan Mulvaney stuff, apparently Jack Daniels hosted some sort of pride night event or something. But this, too, was from several years ago, and people are only now being upset about it. I got to be honest with you. I think there's a difference between hosting a something for the gay community, of which there are a great constituency of people with large spending power in large part because a lot of them don't have kids, so they got a lot of money, versus putting someone like Dylan Mulvaney forward as some sort of cause to be celebrated. I look. I'm Christian evangelical. You know my views on this, but it doesn't offend me that uh, a company wants to advertise to the gay community. It doesn't offend me in the least. They're a relevant constituency uh, with deep pockets. It does kind of offend me that we got to spend the entirety of my birth month uh, with every company in America deciding they're gay and hoisting a rainbow flag. And on uh, July 1st, they're suddenly, we're straight again. It just, it's kind of absurd. And then you get to October and suddenly you have another like whole week of pride. You just had a whole month. Now you got a whole week. Doesn't make any sense to me, but I, it, it doesn't really bother me other than like, for example, I, the Paramount app, uh, they forced me to update last year, the Paramount app. If I wanted to watch the Paramount app, I had to update it to the rainbow flag logo. And then on July 1st had to re-update it to get rid of the rainbow. It was so absurd. But you want to have a pride events during pride for, for people and, and sell them your goods. You got a bunch of childless rich people. Go for it. But that's a completely different thing from putting some forward someone as obnoxious as Dylan Mulvaney and claiming we got to celebrate him being a woman for 365 days. You can distinguish these things. They actually are different, and you don't have to be offended about everything. But the Mulvaney thing is just its absurd to me. Well, this is kind of crummy. Uh, there, there's a restaurant by my office. It's called Our Thomas Deluxe Grill, and it is the weirdest restaurant in your life you will ever go to. It is Charlie. This is the one up by the office that what used to be open 24 hours a day. They've scaled it back um, in hours, but it's like this. It's so it's a building with a tent built onto it, and the restaurant is in the tent. And it's kind of grandfathered in now. If they ever made any changes, they'd have to tear the whole place down. 
but it's grandfathered in and it's this tin and awning and, and literal like duct tape on the roof to keep the leaks out. And when you walk into the restaurant, there are these three uh, cockatoos, uh, Macau and uh, two cockatoos. Uh, they've been with the owner with uh, since 2007. These birds live about 80 years. And when you walk into the restaurant, there are three giant cages where this Macau and the cockatoos live. And someone pulled up at the restaurant last night and stole the birds. Covered the security cameras and stole the birds. The people know decency. That's just so, they spray painted the cameras in the driveway, covered other cameras, and then uh, pulled up with a trailer with cages and, and stole these three birds who have just been with the family since 2007 when they were born. My goodness, horrible people out there. Mm. Okay, it's an open line, possibly an open container Friday afternoon. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I'll take a phone call, and I will move on to, well, what Mike Pence happened to say on TV this morning. Jerry, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Yes. Uh, well, thanks, Eric. Thank you so much. A quick story. Hopefully it's a little bit humorous about roosters. We, we went through the same thing. Uh, we had a, our nine-year-old boy had to incubate seven or eight eggs. It turned out all of them hatched. And lo and behold, three of them were roosters. And we live in town in Atlanta. You can have chickens, but you're not supposed to have roosters. So right. we, tr- we tried the roosters. And, yes, they would cock a doodle do all the time. We got the anonymous letter in the mailbox <laughs> about it. Uh-huh. And so, lo and behold, like my good wife can always do, she found out that there is a uh, rooster retreat or a rooster rescuer north of uh, Woodstock. And lo and behold, we took the rooster up there as opposed, or the roosters, because there were a couple of them, uh, as opposed to just giving them away for somebody to have dinner with them, because the kids didn't want that. Well, and, and hopefully that they're still there as opposed to being a delicious cockle van somewhere. <laughs> well, they could. I wondered about that. Maybe the whole thing was just, uh, you know, a hoax yeah. to get more. But yeah. uh, anyway, a nice lady. She took the roosters, and there you have it. Well, God bless her. I wouldn't want to live 10 miles from her. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was out in the middle of nowhere. There's still some nowhere up there north of Woodstock. Yeah, there is. That's some beautiful land up there. Well, Jerry, thank you for that. Yeah, look, I— my grandfather, when I was growing up, had a rooster. That 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 <clears throat> came after me more than once when I was a kid. Roosters can be mean. I remember when I was a kid, we would. My grandparents didn't go to the store to buy eggs. You just get up in the morning, go outside, and get your eggs. Find the nest. They didn't even have a chicken coop. They just led the uh, the chickens, kind of free range chickens, in the yard. And you go out and go to the nest and find the eggs. And my grandmother make pancakes in the morning, and it just. It's how I grew up. Man, the rooster is mean, but my grandfather loved the rooster. And then my my grandfather's sister, who was very elderly, moved in with them and brought her cats. And that was the end of the rooster and the chickens. Now, we need to... (laughs) 
<laughs> Very random. We got to move on. Mike Pence was making the TV rounds. Uh, you know, he'll be in Atlanta at Church of the Apostles in a few weeks, uh, preaching, I believe. I think I'm going to go hear him preach. Uh, I just, I adore Mike Pence. He's a good family friend. He was on Fox and Friends this morning. They're, they're continuing to push him about whether he's running for president. This is what he said. So when are you going to announce whether or not you're running? I know you said by the spring. Does that mean before? It's spring. June? It is. Does that mean before June 21st when <laughs> summer is officially here? <laughs> well, Ainsley, I will tell you, we continue to get a tremendous amount of encouragement uh, around the country. I'll be back in Iowa next week. We're going to continue to listen, discern, uh, and we're going to continue to pray about where we might best serve. Look, I, I think the country's in a lot of trouble right now. And I think now is the time for all of us that have had the privilege of serving. For me, uh, serving as a leader in the Congress, serving as governor here in Indiana, serving as vice president during a consequential conservative administration uh, for four years. Uh, we just want to continue to reflect on what our duty is. But uh, uh, we're receiving that encouragement. and. Uh, and I believe that uh, you'll have a clear idea of what the Pences will decide uh, in weeks and not months. And uh, uh, I, I promise to keep you informed of our decision. That was Mike Pence. The media is obsessed with where Ron Pence, uh, Ron Pence, Ron DeSantis goes with his presidential bid. Um, Mike Pence is now saying weeks, not months for a decision for himself. I, I the question that Mike Pence will have to answer that other candidates will not have to answer is this one. Why should Republican voters go with Mike Pence and not with Mike Pence's boss, Donald Trump? I suspect he has an answer ready for that. He has said he expects voters to move beyond Donald Trump. There's a dirty little secret circulating out there among evangelicals. If you will recall in 2016, one of the reasons Donald Trump gravitated towards Mike Pence is because he was a favored son of the evangelical movement. Now in 2024, the Trump team is realizing evangelicals are not locked in for him, even though he gave them the justices who got rid of Roe v. Wade. Trump, for his part, just this morning attacked Ron DeSantis for being too extreme uh, on the pro-life issue by signing a six-week abortion ban in Florida. Donald Trump is running to the left of Republicans on abortion, though he's the guy who put the Supreme Court justices in place to get rid of Roe. That's very interesting. Uh, and evangelicals have been muttering for weeks about some of Trump's commentary, and a lot of them seem to be gravitating towards Mike Pence. Mike Pence has always been a favorite son of evangelicals. He is explicitly open about his faith. He prays. He reads the Bible. Uh, he can stand in a pulpit and give a great sermon. Evangelicals love the guy. He's got a team around him who are uh, looking uh, at and talking to evangelicals. A lot of people want to dismiss Mike Pence. I would not dismiss Mike Pence. He has an opening with a natural coalition that is his. Evangelicals love the guy. They had his back when Trump brought him in. There was a behind-the-scenes push years before to try to get him to run when Romney ran. I think in 2012, was it? 
and said he ran for governor of Indiana. There, I, I'm intrigued by Mike Pence's campaign. I don't deny that more interest will be with DeSantis, and I don't deny that I think the the path forward is more Trump versus DeSantis, and I don't deny that DeSantis probably has an easier shot than the people who worked for Trump who will have to answer for why go with them instead of their boss. But Mike Pence has been a, a member of Congress, a governor. He's been the vice president of the United States. He's trusted by Republicans and evangelicals, uh, world leaders like the guy. He's got that national security and foreign policy experience by virtue of being vice president. He's kind of got the resume you would want. So now he's moving forward, and I think you you can't be dismissive of the guy. Uh, and and I know I'm biased because I I genuinely like there I, there are people I'm friends with in politics generally, but there aren't a lot I consider I actually am friends with this person. Nikki Haley actually is one of those people. I genuinely family friends. Mike Pence, same boat. Uh, he and his wife uh, pray for my wife on a regular basis, and they are just salt of the earth people. And I I really don't have any unkind words for Mike Pence. I think he'd be a great president. I wonder if he's going to be able to mount a sizable campaign against a Trump and a DeSantis and how he'll be able to fundraise. But I do believe that Pence has an independent fundraising base that he can tap into that a lot of the other candidates can't, not just because of Indiana, but because of uh, evangelicals' trust in him over the years. The only evangelical criticism that Mike Pence gets is that when he was governor, he signed a Religious Freedom Restoration Act or was headed in that direction and then curtailed it under pressure from the business community. And that comes up on occasion, but he also, I think, is ready to address that particular issue and over the years has shown evangelicals that his heart is within their community and they've gravitated towards him. That gives him a coalition out of the gate should he decide to run. Also, of course, running, Ron DeSantis. Uh, he gave a speech last night. Let me play you some of this. And in times like these, there is no substitute for victory. Winners get to make policy. The losers go home. And I think we need to end, and not so much in Ohio or Florida, but I think nationwide, the Republican Party has developed a culture of losing. I think that needs to end. No more excuses. Just get it done so we can save our country. Oh, that's kind of a, a direct attack on, on Trump and his his supporters there. You guys know Florida's history as being a swing state. We had had one point races, governor, president for the previous decade, 2010, 14, uh, 12, 16, 18. And so people told me, you know, it's a closely divided state. You barely got in. Don't rock the boat. You don't want to do anything that's going to upset this very delicate political balance. Just kind of keep your head down and not try to make too many waves. Well, I rejected that advice. <laughs> My view was I may have received 50% of the vote, but I earned 100% of the executive power, and I intended to use that aggressively to pursue a conservative agenda. There you have it. Uh, listen, I, 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 I love Pence and I love Haley, and I know and like Tim Scott as well. I can't deny, though, that there does seem to be this coming clash between Trump and DeSantis. The question is, do Trump and DeSantis take each other out, ceding the ground to a third party, or do one of them reign supreme? 
the polling right now after the indictment and everything else shows a Republican Party gravitated towards Donald Trump. But is that they're actually loyal to Trump or is it that they are just have his back and that's what's coming out of the polls? Um, it, it's 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 going to be interesting as we move closer and closer to a DeSantis launch as well. Uh, that is coming. You know, I subscribed, I canceled my subscription to Puck News. I told you a couple weeks ago, Tara Palmieri, their reporter, actually openly speculated that perhaps Ron DeSantis would not run for president of the United States this year. I happen to know that he was meeting with his advisors uh, doing some planning for the run the same weekend she was speculating that. Then she ran a story that DeSantis uh, was not selling tickets, wasn't a a high-dollar ticket draw for the New Hampshire Republican Party's annual event where he's speaking. Well, the New Hampshire Republican Party has just said they've the event is now sold out and they've made more money selling tickets for Ron DeSantis than they've sold for anybody else, including Donald Trump. And she's like, well, I guess it was my reporting that helped him. No, you idiot. What you're reporting at all. Your reporting was wrong out of the gate. Your sources were all wrong. And we're seeing this more and more with a lot of these reporters who they're listening to sources who claim to be in the know. They puff up their sources and their sources are actual idiots who don't know anything. I just, I'm like, listen, the entirety of this news site, Puck News, was that you're getting inside information that a lot of other people aren't. And it's very clear that the insiders these people talk to don't know Jack. And like, why am I paying to hear people lie to reporters who regurgitate their lies as if they're truth? Not worth my time. I canceled my subscription. Now, if you want to work with somebody who's not going to lie to you but give you the straight truth on how to use precious metals in your investments, talk to Advantage Gold. Call them at 800-450-2566. Advantage Gold is TrustLink's number one highest rated um, provider of gold and silver for the last seven years in a row. And I'm talking real precious metals, not certificates of ownership that some companies give you, but the actual physical gold, silver, platinum, the precious metals you want to use for your IRA, your 401k, your general investment strategy. There are rules that govern how you have to account for these things and and store them once you get your physical gold and silver. Advantage Gold can navigate you through those rules very easy, make it very clear to you, and they're easy to work with, and they're just straight shooters. They're not going to give you a lot of fluff because they just want you to be able to use their services, and you can call them at 800-450-2566. If nothing else Get their free gold IRA investment kit. Uh, learn how to do uh, use gold and silver for your IRA, your 401k, even for your general investment strategies. Advantage Gold, they don't have some sort of shtick. They just want to give you the straight advice. 800-450-2566. That's 800-450-2566. Greetings. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. It is too late for you to call in, but that's okay. You can text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777 and find me online, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, you name it. I'm there. Get the show notes and all that sort of stuff. I had my microphone on mute as we were coming back, and I always forget to unmute it after I mute it, but somebody walked into the office. And I thought, oh, maybe it's my CFO coming to work. It's surely not Philip coming to work. No, it was UPS dropping off an unexpected box of Omaha steak somebody sent me. 
I haven't seen what all's in it, but I'm excited. Looks like I'll be grilling this weekend. Thank you to whoever sent me Omaha Steaks. To my office, no less. Somebody figured out my office address. Usually they send it to the the office in Atlanta, and by the time I get there, they're ruined. But nope, somebody found my actual office and sent me Omaha Steaks. I'm excited. Now, tell you what I'm not excited about. Trying to watch baseball games. I I love baseball. I don't really like to watch a lot of the games, although now that they're sped up, I'm more inclined to watch them with the pitch clock and stuff. I'm kind of fascinated by that. You know, they're having beer sales troubles at the stadiums now, and instead of uh, cutting them off at the sixth inning instead of the seventh, they've decided to expand until the eighth inning because they're more worried about the money they get from the beer than the drunk drivers leaving the stadium, which is going to be a liability issue, I suspect. Nonetheless, the athletic has this story. You gotta, you gotta hear this data. Uh, he's uh, here's a scary number for you. Commissioner Rob Manfred told a room in late March in New York, St. Louis, great baseball market. Do you know what percentage of homes in St. Louis have access to baseball right now? Anyone want to guess? One of the attendees at a luncheon hosted by the Paley Media Council in New York took a stab, 98%. Yeah, 15's the answer, Manfred said, 15%. It's because of cord cutting and the fact that operators like Diamond have not gotten full distribution within the traditional cable bundle. 15% of St. Louis baseball fans have access to St. Louis's games when they play in St. Louis. That's insane. It's because of these regional sports networks. Baseball has got to figure out a streaming service where you can watch all the games. All the sports teams need to do this. I'm so tired of not being able to watch my favorite team because i got a home game that I can't go to.